What's going on, friends? Welcome to Sabine's Common Sense. I'm your host, Sabine Franco, also known as Sabine the Purpose Lawyer. Thank you for joining me for episode two. Today, we're going to talk business. two powerful powerhouse women who've been doing some amazing things. First, we're going to talk about Issa Rae. Issa Rae recently made a big move with her business, right? So she started back in the day with her web series called Awkward Black Girl. She started that web series online just, you know, because she had a, a, a desire to really be in the arts and be a creator, but couldn't find the opportunities out there for her. So she created Awkward Black Girl. And she did that under Issa Rae presentations, but that soon got bigger than she expected, and she decided to change it to Issa Rae Productions. So as she's growing her career, she sees like different avenues and different opportunities and a different need to fill the market, especially with voices of color. So she cre she created Color Creative, and Color Creative is basically now like a management company for creators, like writers and things like that of color, you know, with diverse backgrounds, so that they can tell diverse stories and she found that there was a need for it and not only that that company complements her Issa Rae Productions company because they can work hand in hand to provide services to each other. In addition to creating Color Creative she also created a show uh, a business called Radio. So the radio company spelled R-A-E-D-I-O like the play on her last name is really to showcase music artists that you know have talent but are not basically not basically mainstream so because of that, you know, she could use those artists as part of music, commercials, film, TV, you know, all those type of things. And she's in all of those markets. So Issa Rae Productions is what, you know, produces her show Insecure, you know, co-produces her, the movies that she's been in, Lovebird and The Photograph, you know, things like that. And so her other businesses, Color Creative, who's dealing with the writers and radio, they can collaborate together to do projects together and that way the different streams of income are sort of you know helping each other out and the companies that have uh, you know products or services that complement the other they can now get compensated so why that's good is because if she has partners in one of those one or more of those businesses but not say in her in her main business the production company now she can share you know those companies 
with someone else without having to give them a part of her main thing, right? So it also allows her that flexibility to grow and co-create with others without having to give up her main thing. And so people always ask me, like, should I have, you know, multiple businesses if I'm doing a bunch of things? Can't I just do it under the one business? Well, you're limiting your growth if you do that, right? Because now she has, you know, collaborations with other entities, but it may be for that specific type of business that she's doing, right? She doesn't have to do it for all of them. And the other good thing about that is that you're keeping your streams of income separate. All of your streams of income don't have to be housed under one particular business. Now, as her business grows, she could decide to sell off one of these businesses and not have to really get rid of the whole thing, right, or not have to now backtrack and separate each, each business out. She could just sell one, one of them. And so that's the part about structuring your business in this type of way. And so the, the main point of this story is that she just actually created a parent company called Hooray, which was actually formerly Issa Ray Productions. And the reason why you wouldn't want to have a parent company in this way is because the parent company, her Issa Ray Productions company is the oldest company. It probably is the most um, lucrative company and has the most financial standing, the most, um, you know, uh, has the, the, the most clout within the industry, right? So because of that, that strong background and that strong name of her parent company can now help the other companies that she started. They can now support it. She can now, you know, guarantee certain things because the parent company is owning these other companies and continues to give these companies um, an easier way. Okay, so the point is, don't get so caught up in when you're getting started out in your business for everything to be super perfect or for you to get be super structured and organized. Like a lot of times people don't want to start because they're like, Oh my God, should I do a parent company? Should I have these four businesses? Should I have one business? And the thing is, when Issa started, she they, she didn't know what she was doing. You know, I heard her um, in an interview sort of saying that, you know, they were just kind of rolling with it. You know, they wanted to make movies. They wanted to make films. They wanted to make shows. And they were kind of just doing it. You know, um, her and her, you know, her friends from, from school, people who were in her network, they just got started and started doing it. And so as you build and as you see what your company is developing into, what it's growing into and how it's, you know, sort of being birthed with the different identities that it has, that's when you can start to say, okay, now I really know what I'm doing. Like one business turned into a different name, started off as a production company, but then started then changed into a management company. Then, you know, it kind of just evolved as it was going. So yes, do some homework, get yourself organized. But don't let it stop you from being greeted, right? All right, so that segues me into my next story about the, another powerhouse. Let's go. So let's talk about my girl, Rihanna. I've been talking about her so much. I know that people are probably tired of it at this point. But she has been doing some amazing things. So she back in 2000. I would say back when she first started, when she was about 16, she trademarked her name. And she did that under her holding company, Roraj uh, Brands LLC, or Roraj Trade LLC. And the reason why she did that is because the holding company actually protects her intellectual property so that if she ever gets sued, it's protected, right? It's not, under her own, it's not owned under her name or any other business that's actually transacting business. It's just a holding company. So she owns like over 15 logos, trademarks, brands under that. Uh, company. And so she did that in about 2019, she trademarked her last name Fenty. And the reason why she did that is because she knew that she was about to get into all this business. So she trademarked it for fragrances, for music, for um, clothing, for anything that you could think of. 
um, she did that. And so the, there's an interesting story about that. In 2019, her father, she actually sued her father because her father was actually using the name Fenty, which is his last name as well. He's the one who gave her the last name. But you can't just use the name if somebody else is using it, and it doesn't even matter if it's your last name. So he sued her because, I mean, she sued him because he was basically using the name stating that he was her management company selling tours you know trying to sell tours and trying to sell you know appearances and all that type of stuff he actually made about 15 million dollars off of it so she tried to send cease and desist letters to say hey listen you got to stop using this name i already own it i trademarked it i'm using it you're not associated with me although you're my father but they didn't listen so she ultimately had to sue and so they're still, you know, in the process of that lawsuit. But, you know, what's really ultimately going to happen is that because she sued him for damages, which means however I my brand was hurt because of you, you're going to have to pay me for that. And she also sued him for, you know, false advertising, basically falsely make um, entering into agreements and things like that, saying that she's going to appear or she's somehow associated with it. That, you know, basically hurts her brand. And that's part of the lawsuit. So the thing about that is you can't just use somebody else's brand regardless if it's your last name and the fact that she's famous gives her the right to sort of protect it in a broad way, right? Famous brands have greater protection. Like I couldn't go out and do um, McDonald's beauty, right? <laughs> Even though it has nothing to do with what McDonald's is doing, their name is so distinct that you can't really uh, trademark something that a famous brand already has right not only that but he tried to go out and trademark the Fenty name for hotels even though it's different from what Rihanna is doing they said no why because she has a famous brand and so that's also going to be used as evidence against him for you know infringing on her brand that you tried to do it and you knew it wasn't going to work but I wanted to highlight that because it just shows you the strength of a brand, right? That she was able to lock that name down, um, especially since the fact that she has partnerships with Puma. She has her Fenty um, lingerie brand that just started. And she also is starting a boutique line under LVMH. So super, super famous and profitable. And now she's able to protect that and not let anyone else step into that realm um, and, and come in and, and dilute her brand. So now I'm about to go and interview my first guest. Roll with me and I'll see you there. Lindsay! Lindsay, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Good. I'm good, thank you. Me too. Thanks for having me. Lindsay, thank you for joining me for Sabine's Common Sense. Thank I'm you. <laughs> yeah. You are the first guest. I appreciate you. <laughs> so, Lindsay, yeah. what if you had to say what your tagline is? What's your tagline? What says Lindsay? It's really just Lindsay's Miss Agent because it says everything in that. Okay. You know, I'm an agent and then this is my But yeah, pretty much helping individuals grow their financial portfolio. Okay. And what about you personally? <laughs> Don't you have God on that one? What would your best friend say about you? That I'm funny. Okay. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. No, you're fun. You're fun. <laughs> so there's so many things that you know that you've done in your lifetime. You know, you're super successful and definitely admirable. Who is 20 year old Lindsay? 
Okay. Okay. Um, I'm always went after whatever it was that I wanted to. Mm. Um, it was the type of person that's like, you know, nobody's gonna tell me that I'm not gonna be able to do that. Right. Um, twenty, I was still at Howard at twenty. So okay. um, I went to Howard University, cool. which was the best time of my life. Hate you, the real hate you. <laughs> that's what I hear. <laughs> Undisputable. Yeah. So I think that um, the college years were everything. Okay. Um, the twenty-year-old me probably was a little bit more daring. Okay. Um, and definitely got in trouble. So. Got you. <laughs> so now I have calmed down. Mm-hmm. I'm chill. Okay. So. so if you if you were her, what would you tell yourself now? That you've come far. Okay. <laughs> you've You're come proud. Far. You're yeah. proud. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what was it like going to HBCU? I wish that I went to HBCU. I didn't know much about it back then. So like, what did that do for your life? Do you feel? I mean, it's a life changing experience. Going okay. To a school like that. Um, especially Howard being one of the, the top, you know, mm-hmm. black schools. I think going there, you get your confidence, right? Mm-hmm. You're around a bunch of people that are like-minded. Okay. Everybody's kind of driven. And of, of course, there's people there that are not in Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, it's a party school, the one I went to. <laughs> okay. but, but you still, I think if you were able to stay focused mm-hmm. and finish your task at a school that was as distracting as that school is, okay. I think that you could pretty much do anything. And, and almost everybody I know from Howard is pretty much successful at this point. Right. I think what you gain from being in a school where everybody is pretty much, you know, on the same path. Right. And to have those friends, like I'm still friends with my friends from Howard. That's awesome. Um, you know, we still have our group text. Matter of fact, we're getting up tomorrow. Oh nice. So, you know, the the connections that we built and the support that you get from, from being at a black school. And mm-hmm. I think through as as I went through life, um, everywhere I went, you meet somebody, you from know your school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whether they went before you, after you, you know, and it's just a connection like, oh, It was okay to be black. Right. You know, everybody was pushing for the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like you get, like, that empowerment early, and then you're just like, you know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you definitely gain that at a black school. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's the time of your life. <laughs> it's unforgettable memories. Yes. I mean, Vibes the, all day. The friends that you meet, you meet friends from everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. I got a friend that lives in California that lives in North Carolina. You know, yeah. going to a school where people are coming from everywhere. Gotcha. You know, and a lot of the people that you meet there are, it, it shows you that black people are successful too. Right. Because right? you may not see that image from where you're coming from, mm-hmm. but you go to a school like that and you're going to have, you have a lot of people, their families are very successful, you know, so mm-hmm. you get to see a different view of your people. Yeah. I think that's, yeah, that's one of the, the biggest things too. It's just like, it's not just what they say about us. You see in real life, like what, what people are made of. So that's awesome. So I know you, you're the insurance girl, the insurance lady, right? Clean insurance. She's killing the game. But what did you do? Have you always been in insurance? No. Okay. So I, the funny thing is I never would have thought that this is what I'm doing. Really? Right? No. Mm-hmm. So when I was in Howard, 
uh, I met this guy, Kenny, mm-hmm. and he worked at Vibe Magazine. Okay. And like I said, I was ambitious at the time. He used to do the homecomings, and this was the year that uh, Jay-Z was doing the homecoming for Howard. So they oh, always wow. have footage of that year, right? Uh-huh. Um, and so I walked up to him. He was like in the stage area. Mm-hmm. And I was like connected at Howard, so I got back there. Okay. And I went right up to him, and I was like, "I heard you, the person who put this together." Wow. And he was like, he laughed, and basically, long story short, I don't remember exactly what our conversation was, mm-hmm. but I basically told him that I wanted an internship. Nice. And he was like, "Give me a call." And when I called him, he really connected me. Um, I started interning at Bob. This guy Ali Muhammad, who's still my mentor to this day. Okay. Um. Bevy Smith was there, Aska Chambers, all these people who are now like into big, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was interning under them, and I ended up having to leave Howard. I got in trouble there. Okay, I left (laughs) and I finished at the Loop, which is in the city, which at the time was maybe like five, six blocks away from Bob. Oh, so that was perfect. Yeah, and I. I did the internship. I stayed there, I think, like two or three years. Okay. Um, and while I was there, I was helping. They used to have these events where mm-hmm. they would do uh, artists from a label, a okay. liquor company, and then the magazine, right? Okay. And they would put it together. And also, sometimes they'll have like a clothing brand, you know, because that's gotcha. when the urban brands are together. Like you have academics and Puffy Hash. Sean and John. So I started meeting the people the industry when I would go, I would go up to them, talk to them, and because I was interning for these particular people, I was always in the room. Right, the right place. With the right place. Right? <laughs> so I just kept networking and I got into fashion. Oh. Um, and I started doing product placement. And product placement back in the day was I would get the mm-hmm. artists or celebrities to wear the clothes, right? Okay. So if I'm working for a brand, they'll pay me to put the clothes on somebody on camera or on stage. So I did that for a bunch of brands, and okay. then I started working with this company, Red Monkey, which was those thousand-dollar jeans back in the day. Yes, and I got everybody to wear it. I was mm-hmm. working with this guy, um, Tony and Slim Pickens. Mm-hmm. We got everybody to wear it, from Jay to anybody you can think of. Wow! Right? And so that would that also got you know I made my way around that right. industry, mm-hmm. and then I started a um, a styling agency. Mm-hmm. Because it made sense. I was already giving the clothes to the artists. Right. So then it made the, a lot of times the people, the managers and stuff would, would be like, hey, you got a stylist? Mm-hmm. Right. And I wasn't a stylist. Right. I but was, he was just like, giving the product. I am now. <laughs> no. So what I did was I hired stylists. Okay. And I would get them jobs. Uh, right. Okay. Through the labels. I would get them jobs through the managers, stuff like that. And when I got them the jobs, I'd make a PC. Gotcha. You know, like I'd get money from the label and money from the stylist. So I did that for a while. That was doing really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started a kids clothing line for okay. Tiny Pants. Oh, yeah. that's so cute. Yeah, we, we, had, we were in all the magazines, uh-huh. like Carrington, Real Simple, all these different magazines. Uh-huh. Um, and we did that. We actually did really good in the sales. But okay. we at that time, I didn't make some of the, me and my partner, Tayshia made with me at the time. Okay. We, didn't, I, we made some decisions that we shouldn't have. Okay. how we spent the money Okay. Um, we could have did things cheaper so we ended up kind of running out of money and okay. we, the orders that people wanted we wasn't going to be able to fulfill the orders Okay. Right? so we kind of fell back on Tiny Pants um, <laughs> and then that's kind of when the recession hit oh okay 2008 exactly okay. so then when the recession hit mm-hmm. 
the clothing thing wasn't something that you kind of, you know, yeah. that was retail. People wasn't selling as much okay. product placement. People wasn't really paying as much. The labels cut back on paying people. Okay. Um, and they started doing these, um, these deals where basically they would pay the stylist one flat fee. Mm-hmm. So that would have to include the clothes, everything. Oh, wow. Like, instead of paying like a fee to me, a fee to them, a fee for the clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of fell back on all of that. And that's probably when it was probably like the hardest for me. I was so used to having all this money and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And everything was like stopping at the same time. So I wow. was like, oh my goodness, right? <laughs> um, had reached out to me at that time. Okay. Um, via email. Like I was, you know, I started like... Um, applying to different jobs and things okay. like that in the magazine industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I never would have thought that I would do something like, like that. And right. when they reached out to me, they basically were like, oh, it's benefits. You can make as much money as you want. Um, you know, it was kind of similar to how I moved around before. I made right. money based on the work I put in. Right? Right. I never mm-hmm. wanted to be in a salary job where it was like, you give me one flat fee. That's what I get paid. Right. You know, being in a, a career where you can make, there's no limits to what you make. It's based on you. I'm always going to thrive in that because I'm going to do what I need to do. So make I your make money, money, right? right? So <laughs> I have to be in something that allows me to decide what I'm going to make. Gotcha. And so they presented that opportunity. Um, and it made sense. At first I was hesitant because I'm like selling insurance. Like, right. Really they're like, no, <laughs> it could be a career. Uh-huh. Like, you know, it's not just selling insurance. You can do securities, you can do money management, you can do all these other different things. It just depends on you, right. what you get into, what you, you know, mm-hmm. what you, you, you target, right? Right. Um, so I did it. I was like, okay. Right? <laughs> and when I seen how profitable the industry was, mm-hmm. um, and it was funny because when I started there, mm-hmm. it the introductory like uh, class that we had, we might have had like 100 people. Okay. And that was a lot or little? That was a lot. Okay. But by the time we finished, it was like six of us. Are you so serious? Wow. That, the, because the turnover in this business is high because mm. it sells. Yeah. You're only going to make money if you sell. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, it's pro- when people say it's profitable, it's profitable because they're good salespeople. Mm-hmm. That's I what see. you are. Mm-hmm. But it's it's really a purpose to it. Right? You're mm-hmm. helping people. And I think that's what I liked about it. Um, being in, in this business, you really were helping people. It helped me. Yeah, like I learned so many things about money and doing better with money because before that, I was blown. <laughs> I was like, man, what party? What state do we need to be in? Everybody, let's go. Dinner, this, that, and the third. Right. Get the bag for 5000 I'm getting it. Getting it. Right? right? No thoughts. So I think it kind of put me in more of a reserve space to learn how to treat money, mm-hmm. um, to learn more about just your whole financial portfolio and seeing people who were in the business making millions. Wow. And it's recession proof, right? Because mm-hmm. no matter what's going on in the economy, people still need to handle their finances. Whether Correct. they need to move money around, right. whether they may need to adjust things, they still there's a need for it. Right. right yeah. So I love that as well. Yeah. You know, and that's how I ended up getting into the insurance industry. Okay. Wow. That's a amazing story. But it's I mean, it is though, it's great how and it shows people like you don't to do one thing for your whole entire life like you can have a great career here and just be like i'm done with it like Mm -hmm. move on to something else and be successful like just completely reinvent so that's what i love about about that story yeah and you and and i think just the the message really is that you you 
have to keep reinventing yourself every time. Mm-hmm. Even if you're staying in the same business. Right. Like, if things are changing, just like now, things are turning into tech. When mm-hmm. I was in high school, we didn't even have cell phones. They had, like, you remember you had, like, a car phone that stood up. Yeah. Them, but you didn't <laughs> have, like, these flip phones or phones with pictures. Right. right? So, the phone companies had to, they had to invest to yep. what technology is. Mm-hmm. So, it's the same for you, you know, as a business owner, as an individual. You got to kind of adjust to what's going on. Mm-hmm. And I think if you keep reinventing yourself, then reinventing your business and mm-hmm. kind of fitting into what, and, and I'm not saying you have to copy anybody else. Right, right. Do what somebody else is doing, but you But stay to, on the edge of what's happening. Right. Yeah. Then you'll continue to be successful. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I agree with that. So before we get into like what why insurance is important, let's talk about that section where you say you got kicked out of school. <laughs> <laughs> what was that all about? <laughs> that was me and my time before. Right. Um, but so in Howard, hmm. um, I, my friends that I hung around with, they used hmm. to call us the New York girls, right? Okay. And we wasn't even all from New York, but majority of us was. Okay. Um, in my sophomore year, mm-hmm. there were some girls that came into the school, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, whatever reason, the girl ain't like me. Okay. Um, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> so her and I got into an altercation, but okay. it turned out to a huge altercation. Um, and so I got arrested, and mm-hmm. she pressed charges, and all the girls that were on her side pressed charges on me. Oh, wow. Right? Uh-huh. Even though it was like a brawl of like 15 people. Okay. Well, how many of Okay. Right? But anyway, I ended up having to, um, I, I was only locked up for a couple of days. Okay. Right? I got out on my own recognizance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I got out, the school, because it's um, D.C., mm-hmm. is a federal, you know, it's not a state. So it's uh, automatically federal. Oh, my God. That is so dramatic. Uh, so, it was so <laughs> dramatic. It was just like, oh, my God. Right. These girls made it seem like I was, like, horrible. Mm-hmm. Right? So anyway, long story short, I guess a couple of them got hurt or mm-hmm. something, right? Okay. Um, and so they pressed charges, and I ended up getting the charges dropped, but it took a while. Okay. Like I was, they subpoenaed everybody. I went to court. They were really, they were like, you're facing 10 years. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. Um, I had to keep changing my lawyers because Howard is a school that people really, like, know why you're going against. Right? Okay, so okay. So in the area of D.C., getting a lawyer that was willing to kind of be on my side when Howard was saying they were going to give me administration dismissal. Okay. Um, it was, That was hard. So okay. I had to keep changing my lawyer. But eventually that was dismissed because it was so many different stories. They couldn't build a they case. Couldn't, it was too much reasonable doubt. Okay. It was, they, they, you know, they couldn't say exactly what I did as opposed to mm-hmm. what happened at school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up having to leave the school okay. and I ended up getting in before they realized that I had gotten kicked out. Oh, so okay, that's was, good. <laughs> that was the only way that you can go to another four-year school. Okay. Um, so I was lucky yeah. right, that I was able to still finish on time. Mm-hmm. Um, and because Howard is an accredited school, they took my credit. Okay. Um, but it was much different. You know, coming back to New York, I was very upset about that situation mm-hmm. um, because I kind of felt like those girls put it on themselves mm-hmm. and the fact that I really kind of was the only one who had the real harsh um issue right. my friends did a lot of them did also get reprimanded as mm-hmm. well um but the other girls you know they kind of I guess they said that we were like bullying it was it mm-hmm. was crazy I was just like I mean, yeah whatever. unfair but, yeah, yeah but you know 
it's life, right? It's life. It's life. That's what happens. You gotta keep going. Gotta keep going. But it worked out because that internship was in New York. Yeah, and it's almost like it it happened that way on purpose. Right. You know, that you were supposed to, and that you ended up having a whole series of careers from that one thing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, I think that that also, you know, had me be able to have a jump start. Early. Yeah, Right, because exactly. I was young and I was kind of already in, you know, the business I had wanted to be in. So mm -hmm. it kind of worked out in my, in my favor. Yep, um, yeah, but it was a lesson. It was a lesson learned. But what I did like is I was, experience going to a black school yes and i was able to really see the difference between going to a school like that and going to a regular like baruch was the school that was local in new york mm -hmm. I mean, it was in a city. like you work and you go to school and or whatever right yeah. and i was like who would ever want to do that <laughs> like, i mean you know i was somebody who was into finishing a task right okay. so i wasn't going to not finish school right so i finished but um i would never I try to explain when people say mm -hmm. they're thinking about going away to school or not. I'm like, you know, go away, yeah, go away. definitely go away. It's so different, mm -hmm. you know, going to a school local to where you live at. It's right. so nice. It's true. It's yeah. the same. It's nothing different, mm -hmm. you know. Um, obviously, some people live in areas where they have a, a state school that's. Right. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. But if you have the option and you have the choice, definitely go away. I didn't go away, so take her word for it. Just boys. Like, just yeah. being independent. Yeah. You get, you get a start on that. Such a great thing. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So, why insurance? Like, why should people get insurance? I hear these, this, like, there's, like, two schools of thoughts, right? Like, some people are like, oh, you got to have insurance. And some people are like, why would I pay for this? And then if I if I survive, like if it's a term life, if I survive, then I just paid for it. So what do you say to that? What do you say to that story? So I really think that when it comes to insurance, mm -hmm. if you haven't experienced someone leaving you insurance, it's, it, it kind of makes it hard for you to really understand okay. how beneficial it is for you, right? right? Mm -hmm. Besides what somebody tells you, right? right? But if anybody you speak to whose money has been left to them before, they're like, oh. I need insurance. Yeah. Right? Because imagine somebody contacts you today and they're like, I got a check for you for 500K tax free. Right? <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah. I mean, you would be like, oh, I understand the benefits of life insurance. Right. right? Yeah. Maybe the business you wanted to start, now you have the capital. Mm -hmm. Right. Maybe the house you wanted to get, now you have the down payment. Mm -hmm. Right. The debt you was in, now it's gone. So the thing about life insurance, and, and think about it, people who are wealthy get insurance. Mm -hmm. They got enough money to pay for their burial. Why right. do they think they're getting it? They're getting it because they see the value. Why do they see the value? Because they know what it's done. Mm -hmm. It's leverage on your money. Right? So when you have life insurance, you're paying for you're paying a premium for something that's so much more than what you're paying. So what do right. I mean? I mean that if if I was to tell you right now, if you give me ten thousand, mm -hmm. I'm gonna give you two hundred and fifty thousand. Right now, guaranteed. Would you give me ten thousand? Absolutely. Okay, so that's exactly what life insurance is. Okay. Right? Life insurance is you may pay and you may pay that ten thousand over a period of time. Mm. And then I give your family back two hundred and fifty K. Just like that. Just like that. Mm. It's leveraging your money. You may have never had two fifty in your bank account. Mm -hmm. But you was able to leave two fifty behind. Right. And so it's even if I have money, why would I want dollar for dollar if I can give my family more money mm -hmm. and pay less for it. So I'm able to create generational wealth, right? Absolutely. The mm -hmm. next generation is going to have more than I did just because I paid a small premium. Right. So I think where the confusion comes in too is the types of insurance.
concerns that people get. Okay. Right? Because people are stuck on that term thing. Why am mm-hmm. I going to pay for insurance and then I outlive it and I don't get anything? Right. But what if you did die? Mm-hmm. And you only paid twenty dollars for that five hundred k, and you paid it for six months, right? Right. So you six <laughs> months, you paid one hundred and twenty dollars, and you gave five hundred k behind. Right. You can't even you do that in the stock market. You can't do it. Right. So mm-hmm. the thing is, is it's an unknown for when we're gonna pass away. Mm-hmm. And of course, in hindsight, we can always say once we outlive it, we right. can always say, "Well, that was a waste of money." Oh yeah, because you didn't pass away. Right. But if you did pass away, it wouldn't have been a waste of money, right? right? Um, and you don't have to get turned, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it depends on your situation. I'm not, I don't want to recommend anything right, right, without right. knowing anybody's particular, particular. Situa- situation. Mm-hmm. But there are types that don't run out, like okay. whole life. They okay. don't run out, right? It doesn't have an expiration date. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, if you feel that way about term, then yes, whole life is more, but it's guaranteed to pay. Mm-hmm. Right? It's guaranteed pay so right. if you don't feel comfortable with the the if i don't pass in this time policy then get the policy that's guaranteed to pay if that's what you want to do okay but the but you should absolutely have life insurance for many reasons yeah. you know and one being i want to leave a legacy behind to my family mm-hmm. and make sure that i didn't even have to pay dollar for dollar for that money right and that's also what what makes the I guess our counterparts who were doing this for generations before us, that's how they level up. That's how they, you know, have all of this. You could pay for somebody to go to college just out the bank. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Just think about the families like the Rockefellers. Mm-hmm. They fund those trusts with insurance. Of course they have businesses funding it and real estate funding it as well. Right. But everybody has an insurance policy. Mm-hmm. So every time somebody dies, the trust is funded again. Right. Even more money. Money. Right, and the other reason why people have to have life insurance is for estate planning. If mm-hmm. you have a whole bunch of, you know, you hear people all the time say, right. "I got real estate, I don't need insurance." Okay, so tell me what house you were able to sell today and get your money tomorrow. Right. I mean, I don't know any. <laughs> right. Uh, the bank doesn't even work that fast. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not a liquid asset. It's not. And right. I'm not saying that real estate isn't a great thing. That's a form of wealth. Mm-hmm. Right. And it makes people lots of money but it's not liquid mm-hmm. so if you have family members who don't have that type of money and you leave behind 10 properties mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and they don't have the money for the taxes exactly th- then they don't get the property until the taxes is paid but where are they getting the money from you didn't leave your life insurance because they because you, you got property because you got property <laughs> right but they don't have no money from the property right right and they're not going to be able to just take the the rental income without a whole process. Right. And then also you want to make sure that they're not waiting for this money, right? Or they don't maybe you don't want them to have to sell the property. Like if right. you had something like something like Manhattan, you don't want them to sell that. Right. You know what I mean? You want them to be able to to keep that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so life insurance also helps in those those situations, mm-hmm. right? People who are trying to leave assets, but you got taxes. Mm-hmm. You know, so if there's taxes on the estate, that has to be paid first. Which right. you know, Yes, right? yes. So they're not just giving you their state and the IRS to get their money. <laughs> right. They're like, uh, yeah, I got to sell some of this stuff to give me my money. And then that's a waste, right? Yep. Because now I'm selling a property in a tax auction, mm-hmm. which means I'm getting less money for it, you know, less than the value. So it doesn't make sense. So we really have to plan ahead. I think life insurance is really planning ahead. It's mitigating risk. Right, right. right? Mm-hmm. And if we have life insurance, 
We don't have to worry about where our families are going to get the money. Right. We don't have to worry about them being in a financial stress. You know, no more fries. They already and have barbecues. an emotional stress. Right, exactly. Why not? Why not? The pandemic, this is unfortunate. But so many people, yeah. So many people passed away. Now, let's say every single person who died in the pandemic had a life insurance policy, which we know they didn't. They because didn't, yeah. It was all day, you know, to collect money to, to bury people. Right, right. right. And I had so many people call me for, for estate planning because they're like, so-and-so died. I don't want this to happen again. You know what I'm saying? So no, they weren't ready. Nobody was prepared. People don't even know what people have, where it's exactly. at, what to do, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Which falls on, on your lap as an estate, yeah. you know, yeah. estate planning. But with the life insurance, at least while we're trying to figure it out, mm-hmm. we have some money. Yeah. Because it's get paid outside of the estate. Yeah. Unless you haven't paid to your trust. But if you haven't paid outside of your estate, at least you have that Right. If yeah. somebody's going to school and that needs to be paid, you know, right. to eat, you know, somebody if that was the breadwinner, where's the money coming from? Because your stop. bills are coming every thirty days. Exactly. They don't care about anybody passing away. Mm-hmm. If that mortgage, they the bank want their money. Yeah. Right. Exactly. They they're not like, oh, they passed away. You don't have to pay us. No. If no. you want to keep the house, <laughs> you gonna pay this money. Exactly. So I just feel like if we plan and prepare and stop saying, well, why do we need this? You know, mm-hmm. because we use. Exactly. Right, and yeah. stop having a bare minimum. You know, that's the other thing. A lot of a lot of us are like, well, let me just get twenty five thousand because mm. that's gonna cover my burial. But you got kids, right? You don't want to try to leave something, leave a legacy, give them a step up, right? You know, help them to be able to have capital for a business, a house, or something. Yeah, and that's what, that's what I try to tell people. Is like, you you need to leave a mark. Like, we're here for that. We're here to leave a mark. So we're like, what are you leaving behind? Not just, you know, bills and debt, you know, what did you do? And your name could last forever just because you provided and they could remember that you provided. Exactly. Mm-hmm. At least for generations, right? Yeah. At, least for, at least for two generations. Mm-hmm. At least if you were to leave, and, and, and we can keep our kids from this this school loan debt. Yeah. Because like, that's killing people. There's so many times I'm talking to people and they're like, my budget is XYZ because I'm paying $1,000 in student loans monthly. Now, think about if we didn't have student loans, we could invest more money in the stock market. Yeah. We can get insurance. We might be able to have a larger mortgage, mm-hmm. right? But no, people are paying school, you know, student loans. Right. And that's because the generation before us, they didn't know. They weren't educated and mm-hmm. they didn't do it. So now we are the ones who are in position to do it because the information is there. Right. Okay. So this is like, this is great. I'm, I'm glad that people are getting to understand this. Like there's so many reasons why. And if you want to know more, definitely hit Lindsay up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's a wealth of information. Agent with an a. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um, but Lindsay, you have a course. You do. I'm so excited. Hot yeah. off the press. <laughs> And it's my agent mentor guide course, mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. and basically it's helping um, agents to be able to be successful in the business. Because like okay. I told you before, um, when I started, it was so many people that started, but by the time we got to mm-hmm. the real start, it was like six of us. And okay. I watch, you know, in this business, I watch people that you think are going to be successful and you're like, oh, they're doing good. Yeah. Gone. You wow. know, um, and so the course really digs into, you know different tactics you can use, mm-hmm. different systems you can put in place, um, some things that get to help you not get discouraged. Okay, you know, because I think, you know, with sales, people get discouraged. Definitely. With, you know, 
don't be scared of no's. You know, and mm-hmm. I think that's, to be honest with you, I think all business, you know, you use those that same skill. Right, it's right? true, it's true. Um, if you, and when you're an agent, mm-hmm. it's like owning your own business, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. customer service is key, how you deal with your clients, how mm-hmm. you follow up with your clients, things like that. So my course really kind of digs into all the parts. I try to think of everything I've dealt with because things, you mm-hmm. know, once you're doing something for so long, it becomes unconscious. Like, yeah, automatic. <laughs> so I tried to dig deep and think about some of the, the different things that I went through, the struggles and mm-hmm. things like that and put that into the course. Okay, good. Um, and so I did a vid- I did videos and mm-hmm. then I also have PDFs so that they can also see the text. Okay. And it has like documents for them to use to help them, um, you know, during the business, different things, mm-hmm. different kind of um, documents that they'll need to help them uh, in appointments. Okay. And so, awesome. so it's out there. So if you're trying to be an agent, yes. definitely get my course. Um, and then if you have any questions, feedback, anything, hit me up on Instagram or on my email. Yeah, no, she's she's really a powerhouse. When she says she goes and gets it, she goes and gets it. She don't got a care in the world. She's just like, you know, just living life. So. That's really awesome. So, Lindsay, if you weren't doing insurance, is there anything that you say, if I wasn't doing this, I'd be doing that right now? So, the funny thing is, mm-hmm. I have a couple of other things that I do. Oh, share, do share. <laughs> so, I have a medical billing business, and it's funny because people be like, how did you get that? <laughs> right, how did you get that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I see an opportunity, I'm I hear you. Right? Uh-huh. So um, I obviously don't do medical mm-hmm. billing myself, but mm-hmm. I have two partners, and one of the partners, that's her background. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, me and my other partner saw the opportunity, and we were like, we put the money behind her, let's go. Okay. You know, because yeah. it's, it's a very profitable business. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're building it as new, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, it's, we're starting to see it build. If I could, you know, if us as a team could build that to be a multi-million, almost. I, I met somebody who had a billion dollar medical um, billing medical plan. billing business. So I'm like, that's where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, so we, we know the trend. This is where Lucy's going. <laughs> so you know, I have that. I also buy property. Okay. And, you know, have rental property and things like that. Um, what else do I do? Oh, <laughs> I also. Um, well, my boyfriend actually has like a trucking business. Okay. Awesome. So I'm probably gonna add some trucks on his fleet. Okay. Um. So I'm into other things. Yeah. Right. But I really love what I do, and what I do has so many parts to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just insurance. It's you know, it's long term care, it's disability. It's mm-hmm. That you know, I work hand in hand with some PNC people. Okay. Which, um. You know, where we share giving each other business. So. Hmm. I feel like I'm doing what I don't feel like there's anything that I'm not doing that I want to do. That's that's a um, blessing. Yeah. And if there comes up something that I want to do, I'm gonna go, do, go it. do it. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the life insurance business does take a lot of my time. Okay. So it has to be. I'm really only into starting businesses that could kind of not run themselves. I feed it. Right, right. Right. But it's not me doing it. Who's running it? Okay. You know, um, because I don't have the time right now to completely run another business. Okay. That, I mean, that's great to hear that you can be super successful in your one business and you can still do other things. Like, you don't have to wait till one day or if I wasn't doing this, you know, you could just do what you want to no do. It's no right time, guys. Right. It's <laughs> no right time. Like, you just have to do If you do little things every day, mm-hmm. right, eventually you're going to look back and be like, oh, wow. Like, I built a whole business. I built a whole business. <laughs> and, and that's key, and, and it's no right time. 
no time to tell you this perfect day that you have this perfect money. Right. So that I think you just have to go for it. Um, and, you know, do your research. I'm not saying jump into something that you don't know at all what you're doing. Right. But, you know, because you want to be smart when you invest in your own money. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think that as long as you align your goals with your actions, that's the no reason why you can't be successful in your business. Yeah. And and the other thing is, you know, some people get caught up in competition, like, oh, everybody's doing it. Um, My business is not going to be successful if Mm -hmm. everybody's doing it. But everybody has soda, but Coca-Cola is the number one. (laughs) Right. right? And there's there's small companies that still make money. You don't have to be the biggest one in the chain. Right. You don't have to be the Coca-Cola. You don't have to. Mm -hmm. You can still make your millions having, like, just like how there was but then Lyft came along. It was the same thing. Same thing. Lyft is making millions too, or yeah. billions. I don't know what they are. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you you don't have to be, you know, the the top ad. Of course, you strive to keep reinventing your business right. and be the best that it can be. Mm-hmm. But don't let it discourage you because ten people have a billing company. Right. Right. Yeah. And I don't start one. What's that got to do with me? There's still other there's millions <laughs> of doctors that need billing. Right, right. If I could get a couple of them and make me an extra couple hundred thousand a month, I'm ready and to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? That's dope. That's a really great mindset. And so, Lindsay, you do all these things, but you still are a mom on I top am. of all of this. With a teenager. <laughs> With a teenager. With all the women who have a teenager, mm-hmm. you know what that is. Serious. I'm not there yet, but I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah. my daughter is great. Okay. You know, she's really, really smart. Mm-hmm. Um, she's funny. Mm-hmm. We're probably alike, me and my 20 year old self. Uh huh. Um, so, yeah, it's rough yeah. with that. But the good thing is, I mean, she's turning 15 this year. Okay. And I have a lot of help. Okay. So, you know, I'm never really restricted on what I need to do. And she can roll. With, anyway. Yeah, roll with it. <laughs> she, can, she can roll with me anywhere, anyway. Mm. Um, so, it's cool. Is that the best thing in your life, would you say? The best thing. Set up. Set up. That's the best thing in my life. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yes. So let's do a little bit of a lightning round. So I'm just going to say words. You tell me what comes to your mind. What comes yes. to your mind. Okay? Oh, <laughs> so, well. I, my oh. mind has to be, like, people say everything's a perfect kind of muscle. <laughs> so you're going to give me one to two words for these answers, Okay. All right. Well, that's gonna be lucky. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Faith. Allen Cathedral. <laughs> I love that church. Okay. Play. Travel. Okay. Uh, friendship. I have someone who's great and he's gonna like tell me something scary. <laughs> See, there she go with her paragraph. <laughs> Loyalty. Okay. Awesome. All right, and life. Take it day by day. Beautiful. <laughs> that was good. That's what it was. Those are gems. Those are gems. You win. <laughs> Lindsay, thank you so much thank for your time. This was amazing. I learned a lot about you. You know what I mean? It definitely inspired me some more. Thank you. Just tell them where, again, where they could, you know, find you. Okay, so you can find me on Instagram, Facebook. I'm not really on Twitter, but I am on Twitter. Um, <laughs> at Lindsay Smith, the agent. And Lindsay is spelled with the A. Uh, 
in my bio on Instagram, you pretty much can find everything. My course, the one-on-one -on -one calls that you can have with me if you want uh, life insurance or anything like that. You can schedule an appointment. And if you guys just want to ask me a question, just DM me on my Instagram. That's the best way to reach me because I don't really even look at my Facebook anymore. She keeps it real. I Okay. So thank you guys. Thank you for watching Sabine's Common Sense. Don't forget, if you don't have any common sense, feel free to use mine. Feel free to use Lindsay's. <laughs> and I'll see you next time.